on this episode of Not Normal. I'm, I'm, do you have any? I'm getting some vowels. Do you know does that ring any bells? Any vowel? <laughs> <laughs> How do you spell? <laughs> so Dr. X Paul Smith is going to uh, be teaching us psychopathic capabilities. Now, I appreciate his humility in the not fact psychopathic that, capabilities. Let's um, excuse me, not psychopathic. That's a different school entirely. <laughs> yes. I've never talked to somebody who was in the army who says that the army was set up well. <laughs> <laughs> That we're all just experiencing reality as one plugged in entity like avatar and now we figured out a way to maybe teleport through that entity hello lisa i'm not afraid of ghosts i'm so scared paranormal is that what they're calling your kind these days well i mean let's face it you're not exactly normal are you I myself am strange and unusual. It's not exactly a normal world, is it? Envision Podcasting, in association with the Venture Project, presents Not Normal. It's showtime. Welcome to Not Normal, the only paranormal podcast with me, Randy Strew, as your host and my esteemed co-host. AJ Armstrong, where everything's made up. And the points don't matter. <laughs> Only some of this stuff is made up. Nothing's made up on this show, right? Nothing, nothing on this show. Nothing is made we've up. talked about is made up. Uh, I was describing the not normal podcast to somebody. I called it about 50% hard research and 50% bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Yeah. It's, it's tough to research things that just don't exist though. Sometimes you know? <laughs> it's like, how do you, how do you call it? Like, what if you cited this in an academic paper? I mean, how does that work? Yeah. I should probably just point out, don't cite us in an academic paper. I mean, you know, the facts that we give you are facts. I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way. And we usually tell you if, if they're not facts or if they're assumptions or assertions or that sort of thing. I hope people cite us in academic papers. I mean, there's actual degrees in crypto zoology. Yeah. How can, how, how can they get, a, you know, accredited and what have you, if, what do they do? They, they can't do tests in labs, like a normal biologist or zoologist. I mean, so, you'd think today, unless, unless there's something we don't know about. Yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you, I, interesting. I, I always, I always have interesting dreams and uh, probably about half of my dreams are usually at least somewhat influenced by my bladder. Cause I'm an old man. <laughs> and i and i have an old man bladder so the, last night i had to pee which which uh the older you are the truer this is never trust a pee dream never trust a dream in which you have to take a leap. that couldn't that couldn't be a wiser statement yeah so in, in my dream i had to, i had to use the bathroom and unlike like every other time in this case what it actually did like my brain went to panic mode and started flipping back through various scenes in my dreams, looking for a bathroom. <laughs> and like I had like it was almost like a real estate agent next to me, like describing the 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 goodnesses of these of these different bathrooms. It was a weirdest stamp, and it was just it was so convoluted and so disjointed that finally it woke me up. You didn't find yourself like urinating into your your you know dresser drawer or something. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, no, it finally woke me up just because it was so weird. It was like my brain just finally said, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> None of this makes any damn sense. Yeah. But uh, I think dreams are fascinating in that you are always really interested to talk about your dreams and then nobody else is ever interested in hearing the dream. Is that is that your way of saying move on? Is that? Uh... Of course not, Randy. I would. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm absolutely interested. Keep going. Uh <laughs> Uh, Dream interpretations are a fascinating topic, though, that uh, like the, the the truth to them or the bizarre nature of dreams in general. Yeah, I think that's very interesting. But when people start telling me about their dreams, I don't really care. I just care more about the abstract nature of dreaming. That's, that's kind of cool. Dreaming fascinates me. Your dreams do not. That's well, it's hard. It's hard enough to listen to another person talk that isn't myself. So then you, you couple that with their dream and it's like, I'm, there's no way I'm going to be able to stick with this here. Yeah. I don't, I don't care what's happening in your real life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you could be talking whatever you're saying. 
I'm just waiting to say here, here's, here's kind of what I want to talk about. We're just going to change the topic entirely, derail this entire conversation. Right. Right. (laughs) Well, this did not come out out of left field entirely because we are in fact talking about uh, the power of the mind, or at least the alleged power of the mind. Uh, In this case, we're talking about operation Stargate. Now, I know what you're Kurt thinking. Russell, yes. send in Kurt Russell. This is not the Kurt Russell, James Spader movie oh, as fantastic man. as it is, or the uh, guy who played MacGyver TV show. The classic uh, over budgeted flop of the early 1990s. How dare you, sir? I actually really enjoyed it, but that's I can see how people hated it. Yeah, yeah, I can't, but uh <laughs> But no, uh, honestly, the the uh, the actual operation Stargate has very little to do with interdimensional, extra dimensional portal. Uh, in fact, it was popularized in movies like The Men Who Stare at Goats. Stargate uh, was also called Gondola Wish, Grill Flame, Center Lane, Project CF, Sunstreak or Scanate. It was a joint CIA army project that attempted to gather intelligence through use of. Are you ready for this? Yes. Remote viewing. What? That's right. Okay. Mine's already blown. I, what is remote viewing? So in remote viewing, you go into a, the, the subject goes into a trance state and has what has been described as an out-of-body experience. You know what an out-of-body experience is. Like you're just sitting there kind of watching your experiences happen. Right. Yeah. Except that you're actually projecting yourself. Astral projection is another way of saying this. You're projecting yourself out, and in this spectral astral form, you can travel wherever you want. And, of course, nobody can see you. You're sort of like Ebenezer Scrooge being guided around by the ghosts of Christmas past. Uh, This is kind of like a Doctor Strange thing, in a way. uh, Are you you a Doctor Strange fan? uh, Not really, no. So, so yeah, the premise of that, I guess you could kind of separate your body from your soul in a lot of ways. Yeah, like that. So this was the idea. And, and, uh, you know, they, when they first started it, it was, uh, I think project grill flame and, uh, they started it as an R and D project, which I, I love the fact that, that, uh, the CIA has research and development projects. Um, yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> quote, unquote, <laughs> like finger quotes here. Right. Uh, using, which by the way, a lot of this information has been declassified. So, so we can you, look all, so we can look all this up publicly. And- yeah. Yeah. If you just, uh, if you just Google operation Stargate, it's probably a fantastic place to start with uh, if you're looking to write Hollywood productions. Recently declassified items from the CIA. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, in fact, uh, Stargate was actually declassified in 1995 after it was discontinued. But uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Right after so, the Kurt Russell movie. That's, that's right. <laughs> uh, so. There were a number of successes uh, attributed to the Stargate project. For example, Joe McGonigal, retired special project intelligence officer for uh, SSPD, SSD, and uh, some others, claims to have left Stargate in 1984 after uh, providing information on 150 targets that were unavailable from other sources. In 1974, a remote viewer appeared to have uh, accurately described an airfield with a large gantry and crane at one end of the field. The airfield at the given map coordinates was the Soviet nuclear testing site, a possible underground nuclear testing site. In general, though, most of the receiver's data were incorrect or could not be evaluated. A remote viewer was tasked to locate a Soviet Tu-95 bomber, which had crashed in Africa, which he allegedly did within several miles of the actual wreckage. In 1979, the National Security Council asked about a Soviet submarine under construction. A remote viewer said that a uh, very large new submarine with 18 to 20 missile launch tubes and a large flat area at the aft would be launched in 100 days. Two subs, one with 24 launch tubes and the other with 20 and a large flat aft deck, uh, aft deck were reportedly sighted in 120 days. So this remote viewing can almost almost be used as some kind of telepathic reconnaissance. Well, that's exactly what they what they were using it for allegedly was was that the the cia and the army were actually using this to gather intelligence and this is this is this exists this is possible well here's the thing uh and there there are a number of uh, other things by the way during the gulf war in fact remote viewers were used uh the the first gulf war back in uh what was that the 90s 
So, uh, so the, re- the remote viewer is a person or a device or it's a person or a remote viewer is a person. Remote viewers were said to have suggested the whereabouts of uh, Saddam Hussein, but there was never an independent verification of the finding. Unit was tasked to find plutonium in North Korea in 94, but without notable success. And uh, they were also said to have helped find Scud missiles and secret biological and chemical warfare projects and said to have located and identified the purposes of tunnels and extensive underground facilities in the Middle East. So, like I said, up until the project was discontinued in 1995, remote viewers were being used by, by the CIA and the Army for intelligence gathering purposes. But this is this is fascinating because the army is usually very reluctant to adapt to new technology. For God's sakes, I was in the army. <laughs> the, the, and we're, you're telling me we've got these telepathic humans and we're not using them for other shit. Right, right. Well, and, uh, the, the thing of it is, is that the army wasn't perhaps as amenable to these things. Certain sources note the, uh, the the giggle factor in the uh, within the military ranks, uh, in which they they basically thought it was a bunch of crap. Makes sense. Yeah, that's my that was my first inclination. And it's 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 worth noting too that it, the project was shut down in 1995. The CIA basically canceled, declassified the program, uh, commissioned a report by the uh, American Institutes for Research (AIR) found that remote viewing had not been proved to work by a psychic mechanism and said it had not been used operationally. The um, program was sent to a CIA oversight uh, just for evaluation purposes with an appointed panel, including uh, Ray Hyman and uh, Jessica Utz. Utz said that the results were evidence of psychic functioning, but Hyman in his report said that uh, the finding was premature and they had not been independently replicated. Hyben basically said psychologists such as myself who study subjective validation find nothing striking or surprising in the reported matching of reports against targets in the Stargate data. The overwhelming amount of data generated by viewers is vague, general, and way off target. A few apparent hits are just what we would expect, if nothing other than reasonable guessing and subjective validation are operating. Joe Nickel, who we've talked about, famous, famous skeptic, who's pretty much made it a living debunking everything, Said other evaluators, two psychologists from AIR, assessed the potential intelligence gathering usefulness of remote viewing. They concluded that the alleged psychic technique was of dubious value and lacked the concreteness and reliability necessary for it to be used as a basis for making decisions or taking action. The final report found reason to suspect that in some well-publicized cases of dramatic hits, the remote viewers might have had substantially more background information than might otherwise be apparent. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so basically they were uh, they were the ones that had more information, so that was allowing them to make better reconnaissance estimates or decisions or whatever. Yeah, essentially what they found was that there was, even if, even if, and, 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 and this is important, uh, they're not saying that remote viewing never happened. They're saying even if it did happen, it doesn't happen regularly enough or with enough systematic um, evidence, systematic evidence to do anything with it. To, to yeah. get any sort of actionable intelligence. It seems to be the theme of this damn show. <laughs> lack, <laughs> lack, of action, lack of actionable intelligence. Well, instances or, or occasional things that might happen that might, there might be evidence that they existed, but not enough evidence to replicate them long-term to make any kind of reliable plot of data. And well, uh, I mean, that's, that's kind of the paranormal in a nutshell, really. That's, that's I probably pretty much by definition paranormal, right? Yeah. Is, that, is that normal would be a reliable amount of data around a certain topic. Right, right. So this is very not normal, Randy. That's- <laughs> <laughs> well, what's interesting is I'm kind of more interested on the occasional instances where this does happen. So these are these are these are people that are they are they born with this ability? Do they in do some they cases? Learn yes. It? And in some cases, they can be taught. So, so they go to like some kind of Dr. Xavier school for the gifted and they end up learning how to manage their telepathic capabilities. This is like X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. What, that's, these, that's exactly what the program was, was. Where the hell is this school? I want to go. I'm clearly not gifted. It's one of those things you have to be asked, right? Well, the government version obviously no longer exists. So the government, uh, our taxpaying dollars were paying 
yes. or a Dr. Xavier school somewhere buried in the United States. Yes. Or somewhere else in a, in a, in a, in a crappy shack, like wood bunker, as a matter of fact, where they're taking people and trying to make them telepaths that can do reconnaissance for intelligence missions. Yes. Fascinating. I am into this. Why did I not? I, I picked the wrong freaking job. That's that's you. You picked the wrong MOS, my friend. Well, yeah, <laughs> right. Where where was that option? <laughs> I went to branch and I got air defense artillery. Freaking wait, the Scud missiles is the only thing you said in that whole monologue that made any sense to me because that was my branch. But geez, man, where where is this option? Where, and I, I what's interesting to me is that now it's becoming declassified. Right. That's a sign that it probably never worked or didn't do anything. You know what I mean? If it did work, I feel like we'd keep that under wraps still. Right. That's that's sort of what I would think. Like if it was a thing that actually worked, unless unless this is all a feint and we're saying it didn't work. Mm-hmm. So that our psychic spies can do their work on un- unobstructed. Well, let's let's back up to this this school, this Doctor Xavier School for the Gift. <laughs> I mean, that's just <laughs> what it is. This is freaking X Men. Um, so, so the, this this existed somewhere. This is something that happened. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. Not something that happened. the the CIA gets their fingers in all sorts of weird ass pies, man. I understand. Yeah, and yeah, it turns got, out I that kind of cynical projection the- was one of them. Yeah. Well, I got kind of cynical with the government when I, I would watch, you know, science fiction movies. And then once I actually, you know, worked for the Department of Defense, I started to figure out that the government is so freaking unorganized. There's absolutely no way they actually have anything cool going on. And then now that I'm starting to like learn, maybe they did. And I just wasn't part of it. They put on this <laughs> facade that we're really inefficient and ineffective at everything, except for the things we really care about. And now, and now I'm sad because I was never part of those things. And now I'm sad because I was part of the inefficient part. <laughs> That's right. You weren't part of the cool part. I wasn't part of the cool group. <laughs> we, we were just part of the fraud, waste, and abuse that is the United States Army. <laughs> That's right. Oh, uh, yeah. I do support veterans, though. I want to make that very clear. Absolutely. Absolutely. But still, but still, I mean, every veteran I've ever talked to in my life can point to a bazillion things that were horrendous wastes of money in the army. I've, I've never talked to somebody who was in the army who says that the army was set up. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that my friend, the ones that <clears throat> the ones that do stay in long enough to be part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Either. <laughs> I saw this, I saw this meme cause I get sent a bunch of military memes and it was this general and it was like, by this phase in your career, you no longer have a soul. You are no longer human. You're more machine than human. <laughs> it was just like, I was like, that's going to be more true. Oh, but, yeah. What well, uh, to uh, to uh, paraphrase a, uh, uh, a a Batman or Dark Knight quote. You either die a grunt or live long enough to uh, become a politician. Um, facts, big facts. Yeah. That's, that's that, that couldn't be more true. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of curious. This is really interesting to me is that there, we actually do have, so these gifted people, what are they just, they're found out in the world. Like there's, I mean, how do I get the job? That's like the beginning of oceans 11. It's like, you've got a secret mission to go find people that have this telekinetic capability, like force sensitivity in star Wars or something, right. Where it's like, you got to go out into the United States and find these people. Right. Well, and here's the thing though, like apparently this is something that can be taught, uh, supposedly. Is be- that declassified? Because that could I could find lots of benefits to having this superpower. It is, and if you have a three thousand dollars, Aaron, no kidding, you can. Yes, I do have three thousand dollars. Do you? Should we start teaching some of these classes over at the Venture Project? Maybe you know, sponsor. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Aaron. If you uh, if you have three grand and the and the uh, uh, desire to head over to Utah for a little while. <laughs> Of course, it's in Utah. <laughs> because oh, why wouldn't it be in Utah? Well, that, I mean, if you were to ask me what state do you think this would be in, I would have told you Utah right off the bat with a very close second as New Mexico. It's true. No, it's true. Absolutely. Uh, a guy named Paul Smith, who supposedly was part of Project Stargate, has opened a psychic school in an industrial park on the outskirts of Cedar City. It's called the Remote Viewing Instructional Services. Talk about a niche. Yes. 
Uh, they learn to describe an object which might be on the other side of the world without using any of their five senses. In Smith's version, a manager gives a viewer an arbitrary number representing a target. It could be anything from the Eiffel Tower to a terrorist location, but the student doesn't know what it is. The viewer listens to the number and then something happens. But here's the interesting thing. Paul Smith, the guy who's teaching the class, has no idea what. He, does, he doesn't actually know what happens. Uh, the, the students quickly sketch the target and before them on paper appears whatever impression they received. He says, I teach them how to get that number and then their subconscious goes out and finds out what that target is from that. He says, there's a little hand waving going on here because we don't know exactly how it works, but it does work if you set people up in the right circumstances. I appreciate the humility to realize that there are gaps in this, but part we're, we're onto something. I mean, yeah, what, what is it? I, I, I just picture sitting in this class. Yes, yes, there's a, I'm seeing a, a height, a, a weight, a length, a width of an object. Yes. Ah, yes, you're right. Yes, this object has mass. It's like, I mean, it's like one of those, is it like one of those fortune cookies or, you know, the, the type of astrology where it's just vague enough to where we can find some commonality in it, but it's not quite right. <laughs> it's like, it's like cold reading that you get from those, uh, those guys who claim to talk to dead people. Right. Yeah. I'm sensing oh, uh, somebody with the initials KM. Does that sound like anything to you, anybody? <laughs> KM, maybe the letters, does the letters ever fall into a situation that you're familiar with? They might oh, be the first right. letter, the last letter. They might just be in the middle of the word. I don't know. Yeah, they could be just rearranged in such a way. I'm, I'm, do you have any? I'm getting some vowels. Do you know? Does that ring any bells? Any vowel? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be something. Like, it's like our app. It's like our app episode, like cable basement. Uh, just right. all these random gonna throw word. random shit at the wall and see what sticks doorknob oh my gosh there is a doorknob here is a door wild that's crazy uh well yeah and and you know that's the thing like and you mentioned this before this is starting to sound a whole lot like literally everything that has defined the paranormal as far as we've talked about it on this show right we just call we should just call this show confirmation bias in how do everyday you, life how do you spell uh. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of cool so if I, I take three grand i get on a happy a happy little bus ride over to utah and just kind of because I, I feel like the people showing up here are not flying in they are definitely taking buses so they're <laughs> right right <laughs> and they're going to show up at the at the steps of dr xavier what's his name Paul Smith. So Dr. X Paul Smith is going to uh, be teaching us psychopathic capabilities. Now I appreciate his humility in the not fact psychopathic that, capabilities. Let's um, excuse me, not psychopathic. That's a different school entirely. <laughs> that's, a, that's a different school. I don't think you pay to go there. <laughs> you might uh, pay with the bloodshed of animals and things other than like, but <laughs> so this guy, so this guy, he, he teaches them how to do this Stargate remoting capability. Right. Wow. How do we get this guy in here? I want to. I want to do a little pop up session at the venture project. Hey, right? We got this. We got this guy that's gonna, you know, go across the world and look at shit. Well, and apparently he does have students. Uh, I mean, uh, number one, there's an app called Remote Viewing Tournament that crowdsources psychic talent to play the stock market. Tanya Gunderson, a uh, Gunderson, you know, investors would be all over that shit if that was the case. Yeah. Might oh be. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, there's so many bullish guys that would jump into that. Oh, geez. Uh, sign up for the class to help families find their loved ones. Yeah. Uh, but for some, like, uh, this guy from Canada says it shows me our potential as human beings beyond our physical self and beyond our physical surroundings. You can help people. You better yourself. And anything that illustrates and illuminates our human potential is something that really strikes a chord with me. Uh, so let's entertain this for just a moment. Uh, sure. Let, let's say this is a capability. What's well, and we've, what you, we've said before, we don't know what we haven't tapped into in our minds. Yeah. Right. But what do we think is actually happening? You know, like what, what, what is this? Is this uh, I mean, are you separating your body from your soul and your soul is physically floating around or is the unconscious truly just this interconnected web of the unknown that we're all just experiencing reality as one plugged in entity like avatar. And now we figured out a way to maybe teleport through that entity. Well, and I'll tell you, and this is this is why I said, you know, my little uh, our, our little pre-show conversation about dreams 
wasn't that far off the mark, I think. Because yeah. I think what you're really looking at is sort of a form of hypnosis in which and by which I just mean you're going into a very, very, very relaxed state until you essentially find yourself in our in, in REM sleep in a, in, a, in a form of, of waking of waking of waking, dreaming or REM sleep. Well, that wouldn't explain, though, being able to find objects other places unless it is just a attachment to a preset primed object or whatever. You know what I mean? Well, that's just it. It's it's a it's a preset primed object. I mean, it's it's got to be. I mean, these numbers are attached to something. And number two, you know, again, with the CIA, you know, the hits were were far fewer than the misses. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, a a very strong argument could be made that any hits were luck or chance. Yeah, it could have been guesses. Right. Or they had some other information that they didn't tell anybody. Right. So. You know, I mean, so much of that is 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 going to be just guesswork. But I'd be uh, curious at like, let's say this, let's say this actually works. This is true. Sure. What what what, what is happening? You know, like what 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 is the theory? I guess of how this could work. Well, and that's this- just and that's what's so interesting about this. And, and this is again, you know, we're it's it's almost the theme of this show. If the question yeah. is how does it work, whether it's ghosts or whether it's uh, the ovalis or or whether it's um, remote viewing, the answer to how does it work is right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I well, mean, there's that's, something. That's, that's why it's a pseudoscience. It really. Oh, I, I'd say pseudoscience is quite generous. Yeah, it is. Pseudoscience <laughs> is very generous. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it it it, it makes you wonder, like if it, it, where you take your imagination. Like, you know, there's a lot of these theories um, that I, I'd say the, the kind of new agey world lives in where consciousness is all kind of connected and uh, there's there's something to that. So maybe if that's a true statement, there's a way to teleport within some kind of subconscious domain because we really don't understand what, what we don't so know. So basically because we're all connected in some way some web of consciousness, if you will. We're not actually like astrally projecting. We're connecting into that sort of consciousness network or that subconscious network. Think about the movie Avatar, right? So they had that weird deity thing that you could like plug into. Right. And uh, that's kind of like, but sure. Wow. So you're like one of the only five or six people in the world that hasn't seen Avatar apparently. And who doesn't maybe care. You may be that. I'm pretty sure the whole world saw that movie. As as a lover of all things science fiction, I don't care if I ever see Avatar. Wow, I know you have like almost like a you have you almost have to have a strong opinion about James Cameron or something to not have seen that. The thing of it is, I actually like James Cameron. I love James Cameron uh, films, Titanic notwithstanding. I, I love James Cameron. Yeah, um, Terminator, ter- Terminator, uh, uh, Aliens, Terminator Two, Aliens, yeah. James Cameron is. I mean, James, James Cameron is the man. I, I won't deny it. Uh, but no, I just, yeah. Uh, Avatar. Well, now it's the, the point where you can't see it because you're like the only person that hasn't seen it. Like I know. Now you almost should never see it, so you can keep saying this. <laughs> that's that's right. I'm so edgy and cool. You actually like never really saw valuable. Avatar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, like it's, it, in the movie Avatar, there's like a, there's a deity that you can plug into. And it's basically the motif that the whole world is connected through like an ecosystem kind of thing. Sure. Um, so take that analogy and bring it to maybe this discussion. If there is something like that, where there's this like subconscious web, interconnected web, and we don't really, we just kind of interact in our little circles, but so certain people can learn how to tap into it and then go transport among the web. Well, I mean, speaking of media that almost everybody has seen or at least has heard of, it, uh, yeah, what you're talking about is very, it reminds me a lot of, of the idea behind uh, the show Quantum Leap, right? Where Sam was not able to tap into just anybody, but there was this sort of string of consciousness thing where he could find himself inhabiting somebody else's consciousness as long as they were born before he was. And uh, that's, that's kind of the, the whole conceit of the entire show. So, you know, this idea of this, of this, this, again, I'll, I'll call it a network of consciousness or a subconscious network uh, is, is, is not unheard of. And it's, it's not a bad theory as theories go, Aaron. Well, you know, like if we look at the, 
world of the unknown, uh, we tend to kind of bucket it into a couple different categories, right? There's the unconscious, right? We don't really know or understand. So there's a lot of opportunity for science fiction and fiction to kind of try to describe that. There is the absence of space, time, matter, that kind of world that we just don't understand. That's often ways how we kind of describe the spiritual world, you know, it's um, or something that might be divine. And I think that like looking at a couple different spaces like that, then there's just kind of the cusp of, of knowledge, right? So like, if you look at like the physical domain, that's kind of where you get like the, the quantum mechanics world, the string theories jumps through space and time and things like that. And then you look at like the unconscious world. It's like, well, are these the same thing? you know, in this metaphysical space, you know, is it, is it all connected or is it all unrelated or, you know, it's just, just makes your mind kind of trip. And I, I think that's where this is, uh, this podcast tries to dance is, okay, we have this unknown of the space time matter. And then there's the unknown of the unconscious. And I think that's kind of where this is in the unknown of the unconscious. Yeah. Well, and you know, the, 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 you know, we have known unknowns and unknown unknowns and, I think when it comes to a lot of the paranormal in general, we have both. We have a lot of known unknowns, but we also have a plethora of unknown unknowns, things that we don't know that we don't know because we don't even know enough to know that we don't know that we don't know them. Well, yeah, we only know the rules that we've been kind of revealed that have been revealed to us. Right. And then there's a whole subset of rules that don't, we don't know about. And that's where this paranormal world kind of goes. But to get back to, you know, uh, this idea of astral projection versus subconscious network, you know, you hear you hear people all the time. Sociologists, anthropologists talk about a race memory. Right. Have you have you heard of race memory? No. Or, or, or species memory? It's no. this uh, it's this idea that as a uh, as a species. Right. We have this sort of collective memory. The sort of evolutionary collective. Oh, it's like it's like a meme kind of. Yeah. That, uh, you know, like, for example, when your fight or flight kicks in, um, some sociologists would would say that that is a sort of race memory of being chased by wild animals. From Well, that, that, yeah, it's, it's the Richard Dawkins meme kind of description, right? As he talks about that kind of uh, it's like a biological memory that right. has been imprinted on our DNA for millennia. Right. So if you if you think about that, you know, the the idea that there is this sort of collective unconscious, this this collective subconscious uh, network that we can kind of somehow tap into. Right. So. So are these people like astrally projecting? You know, like, let's say let's say you pick the number five and it turns out to be the Eiffel Tower. Right. And so you're going to go off and find the Eiffel Tower and see what it looks like right now. Now, are you actually projecting yourself and moving your conscious over to Paris and and check it? The Eiffel Tower's in Paris, right? Uh, yeah, well, it's it's it would almost be. Are yeah, you almost connecting with the consciousness of some Parisian who happens yeah. to be standing near the Eiffel Tower? Well, it would be um, if, if if this makes sense. It would be the inverse of the internet. So instead of accessing a a web you're actually going backwards into the common ground of servers that we all have if that makes sense so like you're looking backwards in the time of all the commonality that the human species have and we're so much more common than uncommon that by going through an unconscious effect into that space you're actually finding out more about what we could be communicating with each other think of it if we were all like we'd be like robots that are programmed the same that have never met yet. And then we can predict what the other robot's going to do or say or no, because we originated from the same hard drive, but they never met in these robots. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense at all? <laughs> There's no way. If anyone followed that, I'm going to be. Uh, if, if anybody followed that, they're listening to this show really high. I should uh, suppose. I feel like I, I got I, just little enough sleep me, last let, night let me that try, I almost followed me, you. Let me try this again one more time. Okay. So it's almost like if you know someone really, like, you know, someone really really well, you can predict what they're going to do. Okay, sure. So we, because we're all part of this, like giant meme effect can predict what 
everybody's going to do, but we just don't because we're living in our conscious circle. But if we went back into our brain, we actually find out that we're virtually the same as everybody. Well, I mean, you know, think about it. I mean, there, there, there is a finite number of responses to any given situation, right? And, and we may not, you know, it's just, just sitting here thinking about the, we may, not, we, we may not know what all of those finite responses are, but there is a set limit number of responses to any given circumstance. And with some degree of success, there could be some predictions made as to, okay, how are we going to collectively sort of respond to this event? Um, I mean, political wonks do it all the time. When I was a political wonk, I did it all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, looking at the, at, the, at the circumstances of the world around us and predicting uh, what's going to happen next based on what we know about human behavior and the way things work. Uh, so, yeah, that's I mean, that's the thing that we do every day. I mean, any, anybody who's in any kind of prediction game, uh, whether it's the stock market, whether it's uh, again politics, whether it's whatever it is, you know, is, is based on that sort of that, that, that very sort of thing, uh, which is not paranormal. <laughs> you know, that's that's just running the numbers, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's really trippy. And uh, but it's it's interesting. And I think maybe when it comes to this kind of Stargate capability, it's something like that, where it's digging back into your subconscious to find actually what, what we have common with all things. And that's what's allowing them to be occasionally accurate on predictions with stuff. I mean, that, that makes some sense. But what about being able to describe something or where something is? I mean, is that a is that a predictive ability or did they see it? Yeah. And this is where the hand waving kind of is involved because we don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's like, I think that they're, they think they're seeing something just like you think you're interacting with your dream. Right. And a lot of times, like there, uh, I'm sure this has happened to all of us where you'll see something or something will happen in a dream that will be a good strategy to try out that you didn't think about or something that you should implement in your life or something that's true. In fact, everybody who's married, whenever their wife has a dream that you're being, that she's cheating, that, that you're cheating on her, they should almost always think that you're cheating on them, even though it's just completely asinine. But, you know, we always know that there are like, some and now we've gotten a view into Aaron's last couple of days. <laughs> oh my gosh. Every, every couple of months, she'll just be like, I had a junior cheating on me. Are you not telling me something? I'm just like, Marissa, I promise you that your dreams have zero correlation to what I decide to do in my life. No, <laughs> just, but, but you know, dream dreams are interesting. And again, you know, this is, this is where the dreamscape is a, is, is an interesting sort of correlation to this, this Stargate idea is because what are dreams? Dreams are tapping into the forgotten subconscious very often. And they're, they're piecing these things together and turning them into patterns uh, so that we can sort of try and work them out or understand them. That's the, that's the purpose and the function of dreams is to take the convoluted mess that is our subconscious and try and make it make sense, which means that some things that you may have forgotten are buried way back in your subconscious. That stuff will come up mm -hmm. in your, in your dream state, you know, and that's why, you know, it's important to say, you know, what, when we're looking at the reason they closed project Stargate, you know, did they have access to this other information? You know, maybe it's not even that they had access and they were trying to fool anybody. Maybe it's that they, they had seen something a while ago when they were preparing for this, this session, totally forgot about it or didn't, you know, didn't really think anything of it. And then when they were put under and put into this, this sort of semi-catatonic state, their subconscious brought it back to them and said, oh, hey, what about this? Mm -hmm. I think that if we really wanted to monetize this, we would have Kurt Russell teach the class. <laughs> Uh, Kurt Russell. Is he still alive? Oh yeah. He's going strong. Yeah. He was just uh, in a movie. I think uh, some Santa Claus freaking. Oh, that's shit. right. That's right. Yeah. He was, uh, he was, he was old St. Nick in a movie. Yeah. It's like in the South park episode. Uh, and then they're just like, send in Kurt Russell. They're like, why? Cause he was in a movie kind of like this. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, Sir doctor in the house. I played one on TV. Kurt Russell can do it all. Well, the interesting, uh, this is interesting though, because I think that where my mind goes with the paranormal world is 
I, I wonder if the absence of our knowledge are all unrelated or related, if that makes sense. So if the world of the unconscious can be a, a way of explaining the physical things we don't know, the space, time, matter sure, topics, sure. if that's related or if it's just it's totally unrelated, like how we normally think of it, right? Is that like, oh, we think of psychology as a field and then we think of physics as a field and what we don't know in both of those fields is basically unrelated. But then you get into those dilemmas where you have, you know, if the tree falls in the middle of the woods, did it make a sound? Well, now we're starting to see that intersection, right? Where it's, well, if you don't hear something, it wasn't real because the sensory, uh, the, the, the interaction with it never happened. So then it becomes, what do you define as a sound? Well, we define the vibrations in the world, but the vibrations are because of the five senses we can detect. You know what I mean? Right. Is, is sound sound if there's nothing to detect it as sound? Exactly. Is, is so that's like a, an example of where the unknown physics and the unknown psychology interact. And I'm wondering if that's well, where this I, space and I is think kind that of occupying. I, I think that, you know, in, in, a, in a very deep and strong sense, and, and I think there are a lot of people who would, who would say the same thing, Everything is connected. Physics is connected to physiology, is connected to psychology, is connected to, you know, quantum mechanics, is connected to bi you know, biology. All of these things are, in a sense, connected. And so does it make sense then that we're connected on a deeper, what you might call a spiritual level to some of these things? Absolutely, it does. You know, if it, if it makes sense that the weather, right, can affect our moods. You know, that's a connection between us and nature. Doesn't it then make some sense that that maybe there is also a subconscious or unconscious connection there? There was a, I used to work with a, a, a coach and he was really like, you know, new agey and kind of spacey for a while. And he had taught me how to do transcendental meditation. And I was, um, I was doing transcendental meditation. He was talking to this place and I'm going to butcher this, but maybe somebody that knows what they're talking about could look it up. There was something called like, the eclectic records or the the something records it was this this library you could oh, visit somebody yeah somebody mentioned that to me um so i started to um that night he was kind of describing this place he says well it's a it's a place you can visit and you can find you know kind of your life's work and your life's purpose and stuff like that so that day I decided I was going to do a transcendental meditation and I was going to go visit this, this place that, to see if I could find this library. And in my meditation, I find a library. It looked like kind of a classic old library. I move into the library and all of the bookshelves were very curved and kind of bizarre. It was like a kind of like a futuristic drama that you'd see on TV where everything's like soft edges, no hard lines. It was very bizarre. And I pulled out a book and, the, and I looked through the, the records to see if I could find my life's purpose. And uh, this is pretty funny. I, when I got to the end there, I totally forgot what my life purpose was, at, but I remember reading it. it was, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what it said after <laughs> super anticlimactic to the story. But the, the point wow, is, thanks, that I, man. Yeah, I opened up the book and it was in there, but I totally forgot what it was. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really interesting because he told me he had, everybody has a little different experience with it, but it's, but there's similar in a lot of ways. Like there's always this place you go and it's always a library and the library always looks different. He was explaining his library there. You can pull wall uh, books off the walls and like the ceiling and stuff. It's like kind of like 4d or whatever, 3d and there's no gravity in his and it was bizarre, but that's a weird example that I think makes kind of like sense to this where it's, there's this same kind of commonality and going to this library. Right. But it's different experience for everybody. Well, sure. I mean, because everybody's life is, is different. I mean, and what you're really doing is, is, is your, it's, it's almost a library of your own mind. Right. I don't remember what my life purpose was or what the library was called, but damn it. It was a really interesting experience, <laughs> but I didn't know, like, even when I was in there, I was, I didn't know if I like believed what was going on. Like, right. The Akashic records. Akashic. Yes. That's what, yes. That's what I, I have heard of that. Yes. Yeah. So it's the Akashic records. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. So it was the Akashic records and you can visit this. It's like a library. At least that's how I had meditated on it. So it was really interesting. Right. Yeah. And it's, and it's, you know, from, you know, from, from your description, I mean, you're really, it's really an exploration of your own subconscious, 
Yeah. But there's supposed to be like truths within it. Right. According to like the new age kind of world. Um, yeah. And if you, and if you wanted to take, you know, kind of look at what we've been looking at uh, sort of accidentally, we sort of meandered into, into this position now. And it's, uh, it's, it's, I'm not really sure why and, and how much it really does have to do with what we're talking about, but it's interesting. So we're going to keep on it, but you know, it, again, it kind of gets into that whole idea of a collective subconscious or collective unconscious. Yeah. And there's uh, there's a lot of actually kind of cutting edge philosophers that are working on understanding what that is. You know, we have, I guess on like the secular atheistic side, you've got Dawkins that he talked about the memes as kind of that web of, uh, of imprinted, experiences that date back millennia. Um, but then you also have like Carl Jung and, and Jordan Peterson and Joseph Campbell that talk about a little bit more from a religious side that uh, the stories of religion are actually those kind of like truths that have been passed down verbally, orally, things like that. It's a little bit deeper than the meme probably. And that's interesting because so like there's a, so that's whole, that the whole new age, I guess, worldview looks at is all that and how that, the connection, but I guess that's still within the realm of the physical world. So it doesn't help the explanation of the spaceless, timeless nature of our universe. So that's, I guess, where the religion falls short, but it's really interesting. Yeah, it, it is. And, and again, you know, we, we've talked, we, we've talked time and again about the power of the mind and what the, the different things that your mind can actually do. Uh, and we don't know, you know, that's, and this whole astral projection idea, this whole remote viewing idea just brings up again that, you know, we don't really know, number one, what our minds are capable of, or number two, if they're capable of certain things, how they go about doing it. You know, is the mind capable of separating itself from the body and traveling, or is the mind simply capable of tapping into this, this uh, sort of subconscious network and finding what it needs to find out? You know, are these things even possible? You know, and again, you know, looking at Project Stargate, right? There is so little conclusive evidence here to back up either side. There is so little conclusive evidence to suggest that it even worked the way that they said it worked. Right. Like yeah. the, the times where it quote worked, did it, or was it a lucky guess or was it an educated guess? But then you have all the other times where it didn't work at all, <laughs> you know? So within those, you know, within those parameters, you could say, well, <sighs> Like Joe Nichols said, it worked about as often as could be expected to work if nothing odd was happening. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think my big takeaway from just this whole episode today, Randy, is that we're not going to know until we get Kurt Russell to make a movie about it. Like <laughs> we can't <laughs> we need to remake a Stargate, damn it. Uh, which has nothing to do with the actual Stargate. Um, absolutely nothing other than the name other than the name in fact i don't even see if there's there, i don't think there's really even common similarities maybe the motifs there, behind it perhaps yeah, there, there really aren't i mean other than the idea of traveling somewhere uh but you're traveling somewhere in your mind and you're staying inside this universe so <laughs> here's some homework for our listeners is go watch stargate with kurt russell and uh leave us a comment uh let us know if you thought that this episode was better than the movie because uh, that'll help any, us benchmark. I, 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 our gu success. I guarantee this episode was not better than the movie. Uh, wink, wink. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's not, let's not invite that comparison. Yeah. Um, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised, Randy, with how much our listeners will enjoy our episode more than the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of enjoying the episode, if you did leave us a review, go to your favorite podcast listening device and tell them that we're awesome uh podcast connect through apple uh has a star rating system and you could also leave a review we would love to hear from you that way you know what else has a star rating system is spotify does now that's right so if you were listening on spotify or if you like listening and just want to show your support head on over to spotify and also leave us a review or hey, a five tell your review. friends about us man yeah we tell your conspiracy theorist mind-blowing friends that probably smoke too much weed in their basement all about our podcast. I bet we're a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. If you've been smoking weed. Yeah. I don't condone it necessarily, but if that's something you enjoy doing, this podcast will probably complement your interests nicely. Yes. I, <laughs>
I wonder, I wonder if there's like a, you know, like, like a sommelier, right. We'll, we'll tell you what kind of wine pairs best with, uh, with, with what food you're eating. I wonder if there's like a version of that for <laughs> weed that can tell you what kind of weed works best with what podcast you're listening to. Well, we uh, have a craft beer, Randy. We could maybe put a proprietary weed blend too for our not normal. Uh, for our <laughs> we have, Hey, would you like to pair our not normal craft beer with also our not normal weed blend? Not, and, not uh, normal cannabis blend. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you could listen to this show and your mind would just explode without any weed. I can't imagine what would happen with the weed. Hey, weed's cool. What if you what if you listen to this show while you're dropping acid? Woo! Oh, good lord, um, that could really yeah. I don't know if I'd even be ready for that. I feel like I'm on acid every time I record these. Yeah, but I come in with nothing but coffee. Well, on that note, <laughs> on that note, hit us up on the socials. Twitter or Instagram at the not normal pod, Facebook at not normal podcast, email not normal pod one at gmail.com. And again, feel free to leave a review. You can also go to uh, anchor.fm slash not normal dash podcast. You have that anchor.fm slash not normal dash podcast for, uh, for our official website that we haven't bothered getting a url for because we're lazy um so make sure you find us on all those places aaron as always thanks for uh thanks for going on this particular uh trip with me speaking of drug lingo oh, 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 oh i get it i get See it. what i done there uh yeah yeah and if you guys have ideas too on what you'd like us to talk about research or investigate please put those in the comments of your favorite listening platform as well, or send us an email. And I think Randy, uh, what is the email again? It's the not normal pod one at Gmail. Uh, it's just not normal pod one at gmail.com. Okay. And we'd love to look into some more ideas for you. All right. We've got a whole list of good time. things coming up. Thanks guys. Not normal was recorded at the venture project by AJ Armstrong and edited by Randy Strew for envision podcasting. Audio clips downloaded courtesy moviesounds.org and music was from infinitunes.co. Not normal is copyright to Randy Strew and AJ Armstrong. Mm-hmm.